Warning. The following show contains material that may not be suitable for children, Bible thumpers, or conservatives. Do not attempt to recreate any of the stories from the show as this may result in harm or anal tears. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh my god. Jesus. Okay, so the question, do you wish to receive and accept and uphold the responsibilities of being a disciple and everything that goes along with that or a pussy ass anonymous bitch? Um, I want to be able to talk to you as freely as possible. And I think that probably means I'm going to have to be a pussy ass. You know what? Pussies are tough. No. Pussies are tough. I'm going to be a strong ass anonymous person. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I'm down I, with I hope that. that's okay with you. No, we like, actually, I'm actually kind of happy about that because okay. we have not had an anonymous person come on the show yet. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm proud that you have people who, like, want to put themselves out there and everything. Oh, no, yeah. But you have, like, um, an adult job, so. I mean, don't we all? Well, because it's like everybody's got real jobs, I mean, but, like, comparable to, like, oh, like, I work at a subway or I, like, work, you know, like a legit, like, I have a retirement plan. No, 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 no. I don't subscribe to that thinking. I'm a total hippie on that. But, like, I get it. I get it. I was actually kind of thinking, like, a while ago, I was like, should we even prescribe to the you know, asking people, do you want to be anonymous or a disciple? Because everybody has been a disciple so far. So I was kind of actually hoping that one day we'd get that person to just spill it. So we can just talk about fisting and everything, right? Of course. Great. I, awesome. Well, actually, I already had an episode about that. So you're, oh, you did? Oh, you're a day late and a dollar short, sweetheart. I, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you're red. Okay, so the old hanky code. Are you mm. red hanky in the left pocket or the right pocket? I don't know what that means. I'm just. One oh. means like you're the giver. The other one means you're the receiver. I think like, I think like, you know, like gay ear for gay earrings. Like, you know, the right ear means like you're gay. I think right might mean like bottom fister. Oh no, I'm receiver. more of I'm more of like I like to give. I like, like to, to give, give my love. <laughs> I I think that's amazing. You've got big hands, so like wow, they were fine. Wow, okay. I I have a fascinating story about fisting. Actually, Look, go for it. Go for um, it. So I like had to do a work trip recently and as a gay one gay person does when you're on a work trip like uh-huh. you hop on grinder because you gotta see what the local scene looks like and i'm talking to this guy and like clearly like we kind of handed off like good vibes whatever and he's like hey i'm going to this mixer later this afternoon uh are you gonna be there and i'm like yeah that's actually the same one i'm going to so i ended up going down there we met in person hit it off and then he's like well he's like i should just tell you this before we go any further like i'm really into fisting and i was like great like i think kings are awesome and he's like no like i'm really into it like i want to start a podcast about it i like me and friends travel around and we fist fuck each other and like i travel to go see people and fist fuck them i'm like that's amazing like i'm fascinated like end of the story is i did not fist him oh you did um, but he wanted to teach me more about it and i wanted to learn more about it there's there's a whole community like a oh yeah whole like subculture of fisters i mean that's the thing like i would love to interview like every single fucking color in this community like the dogs oh i love them i love oh, the dogs. god i love them when i went to oh. doghouse leather yesterday i was there yesterday too oh, mm-hmm. that's right i went right after you did yeah. you inspired me to go thank you <laughs> did you get anything i looked at the dildos they're like 80 90 dollars that's like way too expensive mine was not that expensive mine was i saw only... the one that you got have you used it yet <laughs> No, I've just been sticking it to things and just fucking oh, slapping where, it around. Where is he right now? It's is literally he... in this desk drawer. Oh, wow. What a place to put it. Wait, what did, did you not buy anything? I just bought lube. Oh. <laughs> I, I know, right? It's not that exciting. Like, I feel like I went to the grocery store and, like, I got bread. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what it felt like. I didn't go for the kumquat or, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, if I came into a lot of money, that would probably be like the top 10 first places I'd probably go. I love it. It's like my own candy store. I think it's a great store. I think you, actually you could probably have one of those like slings like right here. I would love that. I was actually looking at your place and I walked in and I was like, that's what he's missing is he's missing a sling. Right there. 
Yeah. 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 No. So I, when I went there, I got the dildo. I got a cock ring, and mm-hmm. then I got sexy panties. What are wait? What are sexy panties? Like they just jaw strap? Well, no, they just don't have an ass. Oh yes, uh, yeah, 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 assless yeah, chaps. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a great smile on your face when you were leaving uh, when I ran into you. I was talking to my one of my really good friends, and she was like, "What did you do today?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I ran into somebody that I'm actually going to be interviewing." She's like, "Okay, tell me about the interaction." And I was just like, "Oh, like we ran into each other," and he was like, "What'd you get?" And I just like literally take this dick out of this bag and it's like, oh, I got this. I think that's I, I you were so proud, honestly. OK, so we're going to move on to the very, very first question. I always like to ask this question to my guest if me and the other person have history. But how did we meet? If I remember correctly, you were 20 years old at the time. I think I might have been 19. Actually. 19. Oh, God. Yeah, you were 19. I was lying. I knew you were 19. Not at the time, because uh-huh. I remember we were having this amazing pool party at my friend's place. I don't yeah. want to say names, you know. And I'll never forget somebody coming up to me and being like, hey, we have a problem. And I'm like, that's the last thing that you want to hear when you're having, like, an event is, like, we have a problem. And I'm like, oh, God, what? 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 What happened? Who got caught banging in the bathroom? Who's getting kicked out? And they're like, well, we have underage people here. And I was like, oh, God. And I was like, not today, Satan. And I was like, all right. I was like, point them out to me, please. Point them out. And so they point across the pool. And it was like, a, I think it was like a group of like 18 to like 20 year olds. And I was like, okay, those people look a little young. And I think I remember I pointed them out. And you may have seen something or you walked over, but you introduced yourself. And that's how we met, uh, which I appreciated. That Did was I like, introduce myself? I think because when you, if you're a party crasher, like you kind of have to like make that introduction uh-huh. and i don't even think i initially remembered your name i only knew you by another name uh-huh. and that was shoes so me and my friends knew you as shoes uh-huh. because we we went i think that was this was saturday right saturday pool party and we were going somewhere else afterwards and i was like all right we're gonna stop by my place we're gonna grab some drinks uh-huh. we're gonna change and like i think it was there that you're like i don't have my shoes and then we're like oh my oh my god and like we're looking around, we're like, okay, here's this guy, handsome. I mean, you're handsome as I'll get out. And I was like, what are we gonna do with you? You have no shoes. Like that's a hell of a thing to lose. Uh-huh. And I think I forget what happened at that point. What would you do? But I'm gonna give you my perspective of what oh, happened that I, day. Please let me hear. Because you've never heard this. So I, yeah, definitely party crashed. But I remember I went with a person that I was friends with at the time, and we were going, and I remember stopping at a gas station, and I was so nervous to go to this thing. When you're young, and you haven't really been out in the scene, and you're invited, and you know there's going to be a bunch of queens there, like, shit is hitting, hearts are racing. So we went to the gas station or wherever, and I got a full bottle of vodka, and by the time that we got to that party, I drank half of it. So I was only Jesus. so I was only coherent for thirty minutes. Jakey Poo, that wow, wow. What kind of drunk was I? Because there are different kinds of drunks. You were, you were a polite drunk. I mean, like I said, you came yes. up and you introduced yourself, and <laughs> and I think you probably like asked for my number within like the first like minute of talking to me. And I was no, like, I did. Wow. I was like, okay, we just met. Like, you're very cute. You're really, really young. I go, mm-hmm. but we just met. It was great. No, it gave you it gave you balls of steel is what it did. Well, and that was the thing I fucked up at. I was so nervous because I thought that nobody was going to be welcoming or nice. But I get there and everybody is the complete opposite. People are introducing themselves, being very welcoming. So it was kind of the situation where it was like I fucked myself over because the last thing I remember is walking up to somebody who had a beard. And I just remember I was petting their beard and saying this is nice <laughs> whose whose beard was that it was, i don't know the guy's name he very cute perfectly maintained um beard do you remember him no, no, honestly no there no. were so many people there i had other things on my mind mm-hmm. yeah but that was the last memory and then i woke up in the middle of the street in belltown Oh my god What do you mean Woke up in the middle Of the street I like Like became conscious Oh okay okay On the side of the curb In downtown Like Belltown And I was like Where the fuck am I Welcome to Pride Baby gay Yeah But that's how we met You were blacked Um, out 
how all great things happen. So how did I get the shoes back? I honestly don't remember. All I remember is like not wanting to deal with like somebody else's shoes. But you had my stuff too, my backpack. Because you left it in my place. Uh-huh. Like, let's be clear about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, I'm like out and I'm running around. I'm my best friend in from in town from LA. Like we always do pride together. Um, and I'm getting text messages from like this guy, this dude who was underage at my party and I only know him by shoes. Uh-huh. And, and he's like, can you meet up this time? And I'm like, no, because I'm in the freaking parade. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like I am like doing this, I'm running around, but I'm like, okay, fine. And so like, I think I, I, I forget what day it was that mm-hmm. we ended up meeting up and I gave you your shoes back. Mad beach. Um, was it mad beach? Yeah. Was that what, what day was that? Like Monday? I think it was Monday. Yeah. yeah the Monday. Cause it's always the Monday after pride. Like everyone's dead. You take the day off on Monday. Yeah. I remember because I was young and so I remember going to Mad Beach and I didn't, I was so blacked out. I didn't really remember. I remember meeting you, but I don't remember what you looked like, but I remember oh, getting, wow. that's, no, 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 real, no. that's real blackout. Hey, 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 I'm not judging, but yeah, I'm not judging. I'm just we've saying all, we've all been there. I get there and I'm like, I, I'm just like looking at a sea of just half naked men. And then I just see you raising your hand. I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Is that cousin it over there? He is hairy as hell. No, I was like, holy shit! Doesn't that seem like almost like a, a long? It was ago? a long time ago. Well, it was a long time ago because it's been like three years. And so we hung out that one time, and like we texted, and I think you tell me like where was like where was your head at at that? My point? head was I had just got out of a relationship, so I really hadn't been independent or forced to be super independent, and just learn to be by myself and just love being by myself and you know finding out who you are and all that other stuff so i think when i met you i think mentally i was i just cling to the first thing that like you know was kind and everything like that so like Mm -hmm. i def i mean i even sent you a message like like a year ago and i was just like hey like i'm super sorry i was hella clingy I Please forgive me. <laughs> I don't think you should apologize for that whatsoever. You were young. I think I, I even mm-hmm. I think that's why I realized it. You know, I was thirty at the time we met because mm-hmm. I'm thirty three now. Um, but I realized like here's a really really sweet guy. He's a lot younger than I am, and you were going through a hard time, like you told me. And I was like, you know what? Like there are people I think who would have been like, fuck it. Here's free Mm -hmm. sex. Like, I'm just going to take it, take it, take it. Mm -hmm. But I was just kind of like, I was like, no, like he's actually a really good guy. And he needs to do like self exploration Mm -hmm. and do his own. He's got his own journey laid out ahead of him. And so I kind of didn't want to get it convoluted. Mm -hmm. I think with hanging out. I think that was very smart. You're a very smart man. Then that's just lots of like, uh-huh. I got my stripes. You know what I mean? I've got my layers. Like uh-huh. I did the same thing when I was 19 and got really, really attached to somebody uh-huh. who like later broke my heart. You know what I mean? No, yeah. not 19. I was 21 when I came out. But I subscribe to the campfire rule. Uh-huh. And the campfire rule is basically like, leave somebody better than how you found them. Uh-huh. And I think had I been a lot younger and more inexperienced, uh-huh. I would have probably just took from you, which probably would have been like, you know what? Like uh-huh. here's easy sex. Here's somebody to come by. Like, and I think a lot of people do that with each other. A lot of gays, especially because we're kind of like just dealing with our own issues and we're not thinking about the other person. And thankfully at that point I had enough like sight to be like, okay, now like here's uh-huh. another like human being, a very sweet guy. And I'm not going to like fuck him over or mm-hmm. do anything like that. Like he's just gonna send him on his merry way. Just so do I feel thing. like the, do you feel like that's like a really important lesson for like older gay men to kind of know when dealing with somebody that's definitely a little bit younger where it's just like, you have to understand where they are at their life and you have to be gentle with their inexperience yeah. and just like, I think, for lack I think of better words, yeah. I think it's really important for a lot of people. I think older gay men, like we see like, and this is just older guys, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you see like, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, has not dated a girl over the age of 25. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like get it, Leo, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Again, you're both adults. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. But I think there's also power dynamics that get involved with someone who's older and someone who's younger Mm -hmm. because the older person knows, I think, inherently a lot more about what they're doing. And the younger person, I think, for the most part, you know, like you can be at the whim of a lot of your emotions and it's easy to get caught up in this relationship and like get taken away by it and the confidence and everything like that. It's incumbent upon the person who has more power in that relationship to treat the other person with kindness and to you wield that 
quote unquote power wisely. I think it is definitely a power dynamic because older people have already experienced their first heartbreak, their first love, their first passion. We're just experiencing that when you're young. So everything is new. It's all colorful. But it's like that is a good way to put it where it's like when you're older, you do know what you're doing, specifically if the person is younger. 100%. My next question for you is when we first met, who were you? Where were you mentally? Were you happy with where you were in your life, etc.? I think at that point, probably more depressed than I probably would have let on to, I think, anyone just about because I think at that point I had just come out of what was probably my most serious relationship. And that was like earlier that March that mm-hmm. it ended. And like, this is the first person like I actually like could look at and be like, no, I definitely love this person. Mm-hmm. They love me back. And so like, I was completely heartbroken over that. So I think like that pride, I was probably like, you know what? I'm going to get out there. Like I'm going to meet all these guys, but I meet, I mean, sleep with, mm-hmm. and I mean like get my mojo back and I like, do all these things. But like at that point, like I was in a career I knew that I didn't like the hours made me miserable. I was experiencing heartbreak. I don't think I had a really good grasp of who I was at that point. And I was just kind of, I think like latching onto anything that would make me feel better in the moment. And so all of that together to say is like I was a lot more depressed than I probably let on. There was probably internal sadness there at that point. Like I was trying to figure out what my next moves were. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was when you met me. I think where I was during that time is it was my first time moving to the city. And it was like a kid experiencing candy for the first time and ex- I mean, going into exciting. a candy shop. It was bad though. And it was a huge reason why I almost didn't want to move back to the city because when I moved back up to Anacortes and I kind of like realized and I kind of like reevaluated everything, I had nothing to show for when I moved down here. I like flunked out of college, no relationship, no job, barely any money. So, cause what was I doing the entire time I was here? I was fucking my way through the city you're also 19 and like that's what you you know you just came out you should be doing frankly you know what i mean find out what you like find out what you don't like but i think with my i mean there's always that level of healthy or you are in a path of self-destruction very true so for me it really became that where it's just like i wasn't doing anything that was actually adding to my life i was just fucking people that i don't remember the names to which is so sad because sex is such a beautiful thing. Why wouldn't you want to be able to be like, I know that person. Like if you walk down the street, you're like, hey, how are you? I have, and you bring up an interesting point. Like like I, I can tell you, like I used to remember, I used to be proud of remembering first and last names mm-hmm. of people that I had sex with. And then after 20, I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even know where I'm at now. But the one thing that I carry with me and you bring that up, like sex is a beautiful thing. Like if I see somebody that I've had sex with, mm-hmm. like in public, I am incredibly nice, incredibly gracious because we have shared a part of each other with each other. There are other people like I have met who have not been so nice about that. And I'm kind of like, that's kind of shitty. You mean like that was a beautiful thing that you shared with somebody like you shared like to sound like a hippie here. You shared like energy there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like. All of that. I think people should really, really take that in the heart when you have sex with another person. Like, it's not just taking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's giving. And I'm sorry, we got off track there. No, no, no. We're, we're good. I was just, I was going to add to that. When I went to purity camp. You went to purity camp? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Was this like a church camp? Well, it was a convention. Uh, oh my I'm just God. calling it like a that purity. That had to be the gayest thing on earth. I was living for it. I was going to say, like, there had I was so living many for it. Well, because, that thing. Well, because back then, like, I was so brainwashed into thinking, like, oh, my God, like, eh, you know, pray the gay away. But my parents sent me to a purity convention, and one of the things that they said, they were like, every single time you have sex with somebody, you are giving a little bit of your heart away. I think when I was 19, I looked back at that, and I was like, that's fucking stupid. But looking back at, looking now, presently, I'm kind of more of, kind of, like, personal belief. You know, other people might, you know, agree or disagree or whatever, but I don't know. I still kind of find that a little bit true. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with that. I think sex is like dance, is like art, is like conversation, is a an expression of an emotion, like emotions with another person. Mm -hmm. And those emotions can be pleasure. You know what I mean? They can be that, but it can be love. It can be something deeper, meaningful, and it could also be play. Um, You know what I mean? Like it, it, it is 
you when you give somebody like I don't think like you give a, a piece of you like and it's like gone forever. I think you're giving somebody like a piece of you, like almost like a message from you, like. Mm-hmm this is who I am and I'm sharing this with you. Mm. Um, I think like that is what you're giving to somebody when you have sex with them. Well, can I ask you a question? Shoot. When's the last time that you hooked up with somebody and how would you describe yourself as a, I guess I'm going to use this word <laughs> lover. Are you passionate? Like, when you just have a trick come over, a, a trick. trick. Wow. When you have a person wow. come over, no, I was totally kidding. When you have a person come over, do you find it where it's more of a quick and get out, or like you know what I do? Whenever I've had people come over here in my home, somewhere, do you make I'm, them sit down and do a podcast? Oh my god, can you imagine? You should. So you how should. hard are you gonna fuck me today? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say one to ten, Jake. Thank you. Um, no. No uh, like, one like, Screw the guy who gets a one Throw him out I don't know Like I've never actually Like had like A home before Cause I've moved Every single year Since I was like Little I'm proud of you by the way Thank you yeah. I really I, I really do appreciate that I feel like I finally Like have built a home Like I love coming here I love having people over here So When I make the decision To have somebody over here I genuinely like The second they get through the door I'm like Can I get you anything Can I get you water Like how can I make you As comfortable as possible um, and then like, you know, whenever we're done hanging out, like I don't force them out. I'm just like, you know, enjoy your time here. Mm-hmm. I'm very fucking, <laughs> I am the hotels, hotels.com five star baby. No, I would describe myself as very passionate, uh-huh, uh-huh. very passionate. I can't really do the, the dick plus hole equals ramming at a thousand miles an hour. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up because I, I think, a lot of like when I was younger, like I thought that was the sex I should be having. Like I see it in porn. We I, I, we talked about that on here too. Yeah, that's you know, what you just think. Like like that's what you think. Like that's what you like the sex you should be having. Like it's hard. Like you're always hard. You're always ready for it, and it's hot and it's just slamming the other person's guts out. You know what I mean? Like that is just so reductive of I think like so what painful. sex is. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a top. So like, no, that's fine. <laughs> well, that's the thing. No, when you are like topping somebody, you should never see them be biting down on their pillow. See, and then the porn teaches me like that's a green light to go harder. You know what I'm saying? That's what porn no, does. No, like when a dude is hitting I'm not that porn shit hating, correctly, I porn. I'm smiling at that. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> yeah. There's no biting. Um. I would I would say that I am definitely a, a, a passionate person. Mm-hmm. Like, like for me, like I, what's our conversation like? You know what I mean? Like, how do we talk? Like, what does that look like? Because I mean, to me, that's like, okay, are you are you ready to like kind of like give a little bit more in sex? Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to be an enjoyable experience or is it going to be a hit it and quit it and leave? Like, because like how many times and you probably had this. Like, mm-hmm. have you been in a situation where it's like a wham bam thank you ma'am and in the middle of it. You just find yourself being like, fuck, this is boring. It gets boring. You know what I mean? It gets boring where it's also like, I'd rather be doing something else than this stupid shit right now. You know what I mean? I don't want to be thinking that. I'd rather be in the moment actually enjoying the other person and like having like that good sex where you're like, fuck, I I forgot to breathe. Like I am like caught in this like, oh my God, like we're sweating and collapsing to each other. Like you mean like that. Give me that kind of sex any day of the week. You look like a fucking bed right there. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I mean, I 100% agree. Like, that's not to take away, like, quickies. Don't get me wrong. Quickies are good when you need them, too. I think my hand can suffice for that. Like, it's just, it's not worth it for me. It's not worth the STD possibility. It's not worth the awkward run in. It's not worth it. You're not going to have a philosophical conversation when you run in, when you bump into Jimmy across the fucking street from a Jimmy John's. It's going to be awkward. But if you felt his shit and you made him feel comfortable you're gonna be like jimmy what the fuck is uh you ready to go for round two (laughs) definitely if there is that in the future you know what i mean like i i i you know like sex i just ever since i've stopped having that kind of sex Mm -hmm. the aggressive like whatever sex my sex life has improved like 
I'm not having as much sex as I used to because, you know, but quality my sex, over quantity, quali- baby. 110%. <laughs> so that's like one thing I would impress upon your viewers. Like, mm-hmm. so there was actually an interesting book I read the other day. So, not the other day, the other month. Um, so everybody knows of Velvet Rage. A lot of people know the Velvet Rage. And, and I think it's a great book and I think it's a great introduction. It really taught me more to learn more about myself and like my blind spots. But there was another book and it's by Walt Odets, who also happens to write plays, but it's called Out of the Shadows. And it's, uh, I think the subtext of it is like coming of age uh, as a gay man in like today's modern world or oh, something shit. like that. But there's a chapter in there that he has and he talks about what the sex we were just talking about, mm-hmm. like that we think what we're supposed to be having, that this kind of sex that you would see in a bathhouse, the kind of sex that you would go to a gay event and you mm-hmm. see people doing that and like muscles like, you know, pumping and, you know, I mean, like all of these like you know, people doing Trimex and like injecting stuff into their cock, you know, to make it hard, like chemicals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he calls that genital combat because like that's essentially like just genital combat. You're just slapping genitals into each other at that point. And who's that fun for? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing in that moment? Like, I'm just so out of my mind. I just need to fuck something. Like, that is so, I think, mindless. And I think there's just so much more to offer sex than just general combat. I, I remember one guy um, that I had sex with. He, he was off of Grinder, mm-hmm. And I remember his pictures. And I was like, God, this guy is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, my type to a T like he was, you know, a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. He was like pale skin, blonde. Uh-huh. I was like, and just like on top of that, he like, uh-huh. was a big dick bottom. I'm like, Whoa, like this, we is going love down. those. We certainly do. Yeah. And there's a hard, hard find. You should have bought a lottery ticket that night also. Well, he won the lottery <laughs> that night because I mean, we had sex four times. You know what I mean? Like when he got there, he, slept with me in my it was not intending at all to sleep mm-hmm. in my bed we slept in my bed woke me up twice in the middle of the night to do it more and then in the morning did it again and again like i think i told you i'm a, I'm a passionate lover mm-hmm. and in the morning like he could like after he you know f- we finished like the last time he could not have dressed faster and gotten the fuck out of there like what? quicker wait Completely this is a total out. 360 see that story but, but that's what i'm talking about and and i asked like i even asked him like later on i was like hey like what happened and he was like you know what man like the eye contact the passion like he was mm-hmm. like that was too much for me and i was like really because we had sex four times like in the span of like 12 13 hours you know, it seems like you were enjoying it to me. And I think what it kind of communicated to me is that he probably had a little bit more uncomfortable. Like, I think he was also like just coming out at that time. He was a little bit older, um, but I think he was just coming out and not comfortable with himself enough to be able to share himself in that way. Yeah. And I think having that kind of connection scared him. This is in Seattle, right? Correct. I mean, we're very much known for Seattle of definitely having commitment issues where it's just like you could be vibing with somebody, you could be having an amazing time with somebody and really connecting in that way towards it leads to that, you know, like of dating or something more, but maybe I can get something better. You know, that's just life period, man. I mean, everyone's looking for the next best thing, you know? The latest and greatest model of toy on the street. I already promised myself, like, if I, because that's what I've been doing every single time, like, I go out or anything, I made a promise myself this this past year or actually this past like three months if i'm in a room and everything looks gray all the people the background everything and i see a person that is bursting with color i'll go up to them and just say hello and if something comes out of that i am allowing my i'm letting all guards down and i'm just letting it happen i love that i feel like i still don't know anything about you pastly like your childhood, where are you from? Like, was your childhood good? Was it bad? Did it have its trials and tribulations? Like, you know, it's interesting you ask that because I think I like I just got another window into a period of my life that I didn't really quite understand until I talked about it with my therapist, and I was like, she said something, and I was like, whoa. Like, it really hit me. Was that before or after, like, the preliminary, like, kind of interview that we had with each other? Oh, this is after. This was maybe, like, three weeks ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Like, real recent. Um, But I grew up uh, an hour east of L.A. in this town called Corona, um, like the beer, not the virus. Mm -hmm. We came first before the virus. (laughs) So, screw you, COVID. And I went to high school in this, like, town right next door. 
which has no sidewalks and is all like there's like a lot of horses and it's very Trump Republican, like very red. And, you know, I had two brothers, I had an older half brother, I had a younger brother and I have a younger sister. My mom and dad are still together. You know, God bless you, mom and dad. Love you. Um, who were totally cool when I came out. Mm-hmm. But when I grew up, I grew up in this such this like red area. I didn't quite understand it at that time. I thought there was something wrong with me. Like, cause that was just like the way my environment felt like. Cause when you're a kid, your world around you feels like the entire world. You know what I mean? Like it's everything to you. And so I just knew that I was gay and I've been fighting this my whole life and I had to get the hell out of there. Um, So when I graduated, I, you know, I went to school in Ohio, I went to Ohio Mm -hmm. state and I was like determined to like make my new self and like do all that. Well, of course I get a girlfriend in college Mm-hmm. date this girl for a year year and a half and we had a really really bad breakup you know there was a pregnancy scare you know what i mean there was a lot of things that kind of happened there and that point was when i realized like i was like i need to come out because my life almost went this way and i need to stop lying to myself but what i was mentioning about my therapist is like from the period of like the time i was like maybe eighth grade so like junior high so like 13 to like 16 until i found like my swim team friends like there was a point in my life where I didn't really have like really close friends and I didn't like I what was at the heart of it was my sexuality became more concrete. Like that's like when you're a teenager, like mm-hmm. your hormones are going. And I was like, I'm becoming more attracted to these guys that the people around me are telling me is not good is, you know, will make me a faggot will make me like all of these kinds of things. And it's not going away. And I felt more and more wrong in my body and like who I was. And I wasn't sure of myself at all and all this self doubt. And I didn't have any really close friends. And so I entertained myself in different ways. And so when I was talking about this with my therapist. My therapist goes, you were depressed. And it, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Cause I never really considered like, I just thought of those years as like really hard years. Like I was finding like who I was. My sexuality was not going away and God damn it. Like I want it to go away. I just want to be like every other normal like guy out there. And when she said that those words cut through everything and I was like, holy shit, I was depressed. I was depressed as like a teenager and I never really had like, you know, like I wish I could have had like the first kiss in high school. Like I think like a lot, like there's some gay boys out there who have had that and God bless you. Go get it. But not having like those kinds of experiences that I think like those milestones that a lot of other street people do makes you feel like you missed out on a lot. And it kind of like kind of affected me. You know, what did you tell your therapist when she like told you this? I stopped and I let it just like wash over me because I never realized that that was the case. Like, but I was like, but when she said that, I was like, fuck, Mm -hmm. I really was depressed. And I think I cried. No, I know I cried. I cried after that because Mm -hmm. I cried, I think, all of those tears of that young, you know, 13-year-old me who would go to lunch and, like, not know who I was going to sit with at Mm -hmm. lunch. And, like, for a teenager, like, that is panic-inducing. You know what I mean? Like, while other people are, I think, exploring their sexuality and exploring, like, what sexy means, like, Mm -hmm. I felt the furthest thing from that. Like, I felt the furthest thing from, like, sexy or, you know what I mean? Like, and so, like, I covered it up with you know, academics and being on the swim team and like doing really, really well at both of those things. But like I said, like it was, it was just like, I grieved, I grieved for that little boy for, for, for a good, like solid, like five minutes. So I know we touched base a little bit about this. You were definitely not happy with your job and, you know, things like that. But my question to you is what was the turning point? What was the day that you said, I'm done being at a job that I'm not happy with working those hours. I I need to ground myself in the way that I want. I always told myself that I would leave my career when I was bitter and jaded and because I've seen people who were in my old career and were absolutely just taxed to death by it. Like it was just, you know, it was, it was just war on their life. And I slowly started becoming that person. I became a lot more short with people. I wasn't like, I don't think I was a good colleague. My body hated me when I woke up at two, three in the morning when I had to wake up Monday through Friday after doing it for 10 years. Like it took years off my life. My thoughts weren't patterns weren't the same. I had a relationship that was falling apart because I had to be in bed by seven, eight PM and I couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like during the week and because I was bitter and angry. And on top of that, I also had a coworker of mine who had been at that workplace for about thirty years and he was very well respected. And he committed his life to this job, like 
did the shitty hours, did everything they wanted him to because he was putting two, two girls through USC, which is very expensive. He got diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer and was given two months to live. And he was, I remember he had just found out and he had come in to pack up his things and take back home. And I was, I think, 25 at this point and 26, 26 maybe. And I walked up to him and I said, you know, I, I don't want to be morbid at all, but do you have any like piece of advice for me? Like, cause I think like, A, we have a lot to learn from each other. And as somebody like who's staring at their own death, like you think about things a lot differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have a whole different perspective on life. Like the small shit doesn't even matter to mm-hmm. you. So I'll never forget. He looked at me and he says, you know, the thing I'll never tell myself on my deathbed is I wish I worked more. And those words like hit me like a ton of bricks, you know what I mean? Just like my therapist, you know, like it was just like, holy crap. Like I'm miserable in what I'm doing. Life is way too short. What the hell am I doing? And I had to get out of there. And I had to make my life a difference. And so I started working towards that. But it took a colleague who is nearly dying, who, God rest his soul, um, who is dead now, um, giving me that advice to leave. It's crazy that the wisest words are short. Uh, I, I love that. Straight to the point. Okay, that's all good and set, but what was the time frame of it, you quitting and then actually finding your own a new gig? It took me another three years to find a new job, and it was demoralizing, and it was exhausting, and I got to, like, the final round for at least three different jobs, like, I really, really wanted and thought were in the bag, and they didn't happen, and so, like, I was, like, down in the dumps. So, like, working a shitty job that I knew I wanted to get out of and already depressed, and, like, it was, like, this was, like, kind of, like, driving me further down that hole. You know what I mean? Like, I was not in a good place. And that might, I should remind you, is like where I met you. Well, because when I was hanging out, I mean, first of all, I was, I felt like a bad bitch because I was like, oh my God, I'm hanging out with a fucking news reporter right now. Oh. Fuck. You know, that was like, that was gold for a while. And then it just became something that just like controlled my life because it controlled how I looked and it controlled like how I presented myself. And I always felt like I was being watched. You know, like I couldn't feel like I could express myself the way I wanted to. Yeah, because when I saw you two years later, I was just like, what the? What? Who's this granola hippie? Who the fuck is? Yeah, but it was such that that conversation two years later was the most organic, natural conversation that we'd ever had and together. So it was just it was awesome. And what what, what changed? I think when I saw you, like it it was definitely different. The hair, the style, it was just and then speaking with you that's when I clicked like that's when it was just like a very good conversation because we connected because we were talking about shrooms and everything like that oh yeah and during this time like I was obsessed with talking about it getting other people's like testimonials about their experiences and everything like that and I would just talk people up about it when you saw because do you you remember when we at that party because we yeah. hadn't seen each other in two years was the imp- what was the impression well I, I think it was a it's COVID good to see people again um, so it was just it was that and then also I think you know seeing you again I was like oh my gosh like there are shoes there he is and he's he's still just as handsome and tall and just as much of a sweetheart as I remember. That's what I remember the most. And in recapping everything that we've talked about, yeah. At the place that you are right now, are you happy? Happy, yes. And I, I, the, the reason I think about that is, you know what? Like there are certain things in certain departments that could be a better or more fulfilled. But you know what? I've got my health. I got good people in my life. My relationship with my family is a lot better. I've got a job that I actually like. Yeah, I'm happy. Love that. This segment is going to be called, and forgive me please for the name, but it's what would Jesus say? Oh, Jesus. What would he say? What Jesus are we talking about? Gay Jesus? Or? We're talking about gay Jesus, of course. Oh, gay Jesus. Are you happy with the direction the gay community is moving in towards inclusion? Do you think the community was more inclusive back then or no? I think we are moving towards more inclusion. I think we're working towards more awareness of how people uh, are different from each other. And do I think times were better in the good old days? Of course fucking not. No, there's so much discrimination. Like, I can still remember a time, like, in Grinder, like, where, you know, like people would say like no rice, no spice, oh no God, Asian. I remember like, that. And like they would, people would filter strictly by like white or you know what I mean, like or whatever. Like I still remember that. I I mean I definitely remember the bios where you know it was like that you know no specific this 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 and I'm like what? But it was normal and that's the weirdest thing. Or don't ask, don't tell. 
in the military. I mean, like, how many mil- gay military men do I know? A lot. You know what I mean? And, like, pff, you know? Yeah, we're a lot better. What do you think of Grinder? And what do you think of the app Sniffies? That, and no, no shame, that will, no doubt, when that hits mainstream, that will take off. Grinder, do what you want with it. I mean, do what you want. It, it's, it's what you make of it. Mm-hmm. I've met people for a quick hookup, but I've also met, like, really good friends off of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's what you make of it. And the same to say with Sniffies. Like, I've met some really cool people off of, like, Sniffies before. Have you used Sniffies? Uh, I've used it before, How yeah. do you use it? What do you mean, how do you I use it? I don't know it? how to you, use you, it. You, you, you're kidding been... me. You log on, and there's pictures of dicks and assholes everywhere. You've met up with somebody? Yeah, I have. How do you tell which dick to meet up with? It, well, I always demand face pictures. I'm a huge okay. face picture person. Have you actually found anybody that you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I've hung out with shit. Yeah, yeah, but again, that comes across like with like what I'm looking for. I mean, uh-huh. You know, continue. I need more information about this app. Uh it's 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 absolutely wild. It's just a lot of like hookup. You know what I mean, like it's 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 what you make of it. My. I don't know what do you want. What do you want? You want something sorted, don't you? No, that's what of you course want. not. Yes. yes. Okay. Can I ask what was when you first logged on the app? What was the first reaction? And then what was the first person you actually met up with? Who did you? What did you do? Explain. My first reaction was, holy crap, this looks methy as hell. Thank you. Thank um, you. Because I have never in my life been asked, do I party a lot more anywhere else on that app? But yeah. You know what? It, it's, it's it's like for people who will know, and I don't know if any of your listeners do, but it's like Craigslist with pictures is how I would best define it. Well, the only thing I remember from it, because I've been on it anonymously and then I logged, I, I deleted it after two minutes because I'm like, this looks messy. One of my friends that was in the city at the time, he was telling me that a person that he knew would get on the app. And it was a thing where he would blindfold himself and he would, it would be at face down, ass up. And he would just on the app, he'd be like, here's my address. Come through my door. It's unlocked. Fuck me and leave. Come and go. Pump dump. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm it's not very, my, it's not am, my yeah. scene. You do what you want, but that's not for me. We were sex positive. But I'm like, I, I feel like some murder. <laughs> you know, like you got strangers coming into your place like that, you know, like, uh, I don't know, but. Younger dating older. What does it mean? And what do you think about it? I think it's okay. I think we talked about this earlier, but but yeah, as long as like, there's a good understanding of like that, there's definitely a power dynamic there in that relationship. And I think if there's respect on both, both ends, and if both people are consensual, consented with it, I, I think go for it, you know, but I think like younger people, like, like, you know, obviously there's a difference between like a 50 year old and a 40 year old dating and like a 30 year old and a 20 year old dating. You know what I mean? Like there's a 20 year old, like you are not a completely a formed adult yet. Like you don't know what the fuck is like, what's up, what's down, yeah. where your asshole is, where you're headed. You know what I mean? Like when you're 30, you have a lot better idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like that scale doesn't apply to every age group. I just think you need to be careful when you're dealing with somebody who is 25 and younger. Next question. Sex tapes and relationships. Do them, but you better damn well trust your partner. You can't trust these bitches. <laughs> yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. You got to know who you're dealing with, though. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Just, But I'm just saying, like, now, like, when I was first coming of age, we didn't have cameras on our phones. I mean, we did, and they were absolutely shitty, and you couldn't take video, really. If, you know what I mean? If that pixel goes with that pixel, you can kind of see the tip of the, his penis. Maybe that somebody bent over. You know what I mean? Like, just remember, like, that shit, like, can live forever. So just think twice about who you're mm-hmm. trusting when you do those things dying your hair blonde i see you and i i say what is your crisis and what's going on and are you okay it's true though because i was looking at pictures when i dyed my hair blonde and bitch was messy because like it's like it's it's drastic you know what i'm saying like it's kind of like you don't do something drastic like that unless you're like i need a new start or i need something you know what i mean like i need something to change something up completely so like I'm the platinum blonde. You know what Isn't I mean? it weird like, though that we use our hair as a a tool of like control? Like when nothing, we can't control anything in our life, we resort to our hair. No, but you're completely right. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things that we have control over and we can change. You know, personal expression. Have you ever shaved your head? Of course. Bald. Not bald, but like oh. buzzed. Yeah, because I used to think, think it look hard. Love that. Know? Yeah, I love that. Like a younger little Latino. I pu- I pulled a Britney once in high school. Oh, it was no. great. Getting on Grinder past twelve o'clock. 
you're in danger, girl. What are your rules of grind? I'm you're actually in, curious. No, you're in danger, girl. Like, okay. that's like, if you get on the grinder past 12 o'clock, like, you know what you're doing. What like, are your rules you know for grinder? You know the pond you're fishing in. My rules for grinder, um, you need to send a face pic. If I can't see your face, fuck off. No, not like not like that. Oh. Not like that. So My rules for interacting with grinder. No. Yeah, your relationship with that app, if, if it was a, if a fucking person. Uh, I use it too much when I'm bored. Um, just like take a look around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I better to be able to have a conversation with you in some sort. Like, show me you're a real person. You know what I mean? Like, by this age, by the time I'm 33, like, I've had lots of sex. I've had lots of sex with people's names I don't remember. I've had sex with lots of bodies. Um, well, damn, girl, pop the fuck up. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's, it's time for me to, like, get the sex I want now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and I don't want sex with a, a, a headless body or somebody who's just, like, you know, like, not themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's Those are my rules. I think I think in terms of, of grinder, I think the rules that I've established for myself just for, like, health. Because you'll be on that. Like, there were moments where I was like, fuck, I've been on this app for an hour. I hate those Just days. scrolling. And you feel like, shit, your brain, it, it can put you in a state of, like, a little bit of mix of anxiety, depression, self-doubt, self-worth, all that other stuff. I don't actually meet up with anybody usually past 12. Anything past 12. You're not supposed to feed gremlins past 12. So you gotta <laughs> think of these these people the same way oh, could you go one year one year if somebody asked you right now i was like can you go one year and delete the app and not ever return to it for a year could how you much do money it? how much money is on the line no it's no money no money it's like when somebody says um can you delete um social media or uh, it could could you delete your instagram it would it would probably be really really painful at first because i've definitely done it before and then like a couple months later got back on but like you know, it would suck, and like, I hear this from friends who delete it all the time, like like social media or grinder or whatever. Like it sucks for the first like month or two, and then you're like, meh, don't need it, you know? Yeah. But damn, like I guess you have to go back to old fashioned cruising. I feel like if you didn't have grinder for a year and you lived in this city, oh, by the end of that year, you wouldn't you wouldn't look back. Your phone, your contact list would be so full. Yeah. Of dick. Yeah. No. Because this, A, this is a gay ass city. Uh, And B, it's just like, you know what? Like you're approaching people in person. So you're meeting lots of people, you know? Mm -hmm. Good for you. Do it. No, man. It sounds like you're already, you're already doing that anyway. Well, because I, you know, those like 50 year old or not those 50 year old, like you see in the movies, those like really old men that like are still old, but they got it. And those ladies are just coming for it. Uh, That happens a lot with older men, period. Uh, yeah, it's it's about the the confidence they they just know they've had the practice where it's like dating apps are confidence is sexy. Maybe I'll be doing a challenge in the near future. Oh how, Jesus! How many days I can go without grinder? There were self improvements though. Like there were mean? improvements with deleting the app for two and a half months. What were the improvements? Well, I was I deleted grinder and I also wasn't jerking off. The confidence wow. went. Awesome. Corn. It went because you're corny as hell, and you're like, I'm not jerking off, and so that guy over there is gonna have to help me do this. Yeah, thing. it yeah. worked though. I've done that too, and it's actually worked out the same way. Yeah, like I was just like a lot more like I ag- I don't want to say aggressive because that's the wrong word, but like a lot more like getting after uh-huh. what I wanted. So you said your neighbors have seen you fucking. My neighbors have definitely seen me fuck. Oh great! Uh, and how was it? Um. Okay, I would genuinely say it was it was pretty good. I've had three guys over since I moved over here. Um, I think the was first this a regular. Uh, no, but would you time. like to hear a little story? Yeah, I yeah. was bad. Honestly, please. Oh yeah, I no, was tell me, very tell me, tell naughty. Me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> there was this night. Um, it was, I don't know. I wanted everything to get situated because I didn't want somebody to come over here and be like, "Ew, like, what the fuck." Mm-hmm. So I genuinely wanted it to be nice. So I wanted to crescent the place with the right man mm-hmm. so i had him over i made him dinner and well we fucked first and then we I, then then we ate the dinner yeah, and I then say proper order yeah thank you yeah and then <laughs> right after he left <laughs> i had already been conditioning another person to come over just like he was just waiting for my text oh, message wow. so when the guy left 30 minutes later, I had another person come oh, over. Oh, wow. <laughs> you had a twofer. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. I, that how, was... how are you? How have you been sitting this long? Have it... Oh, honey, you've got me mistaken with the wrong bitch. What do you mean? That would be inferring that I am a bottom. I thought you were a bottom, and there's no shame in that. I, no, well, I'm a top, but <laughs> I'm more. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All this time, I thought you were a bottom. No. Okay. You're giving me the wrong signs, then. <laughs> um, you're so, you're blushing. Look at you. No, because I'm just like. Damn, I must. I am projecting something, and it ain't. It ain't top. It ain't. Top. <laughs> or maybe just when the tops come around. Um, I mean the pa- the passion is just topping the dom daddies. That's that's the kink. So uh-huh. yeah, okay, it all makes sense. Yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all about. It's all about dominance. That's what, wow. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Get it. Thank you. Get it. Thank you. Thank you. No. Um. All shits and giggles aside. No. I. I'm only a top usually if I have just met you. I don't know. Sex for me is a little bit more personal. You know, I'm gonna... except for these people that you've had do back to back. No, no, no. I was not bottoming. What I was cha- topping. I mean, what a champ! Like, did you like give both of these guys like a present to walk away with? Well, I mean, can yes you... or no? What do you mean? Did you give them a present to walk away with? Oh. Did with my baby yeah did i impregnate them yeah um i don't know i don't like to finish in somebody like when i've just first met them like i feel like that's disrespectful i have to leave i'm right. <laughs> Can we stop this podcast please i think it's disrespectful. no i think it's disrespectful that you don't no because have you ever tried to like push that shit out like after it don't feel good that's not my role like that's not my role no i am just saying that I do not like to bottom for if I'm hooking up with you because for me, it's a little, I'm putting myself in a very vulnerable situation. You're inside of me. You're inside a bitch when you're fucking them. No shit. Like that's why bottoms make the world go round. Thank you. Bottoms. No, no. Yeah. We should uh, throw like a, it's like a yearly thing. Like congratulate your bottom. Okay. You're like the second or fourth person i've heard say that in the past three days really we really need to have a national holiday yeah national Great. bottom day yeah i'd you know i'd be one of the first people to be marching that parade yeah not as a bottom like as a strong ally yeah bottoms you know you and the rest of the tops yeah. i mean i did i did do like a full episode basically talking about like it was about like bottom mentality and it was like respecting your bottom and like eh, some bottoms don't want to be respected though you're respecting them if you're respecting what they want you to do to them. I, I got it. I okay. Let's not get <laughs> shit twisted. <laughs> you respecting me is me telling you to slap the shit out of me as if <laughs> and beat the shit out of me as wow. you, you're fucking me wow. simultaneously. Wow. Beat. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. Just your next question. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> mushrooms. You want to talk about mushrooms? Talk about Let's talk about mushrooms. Sorry, if you get me on the subject of daddies, I'm just, I I will take off. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. What about them? I do have a question. So, this is going to be the last segment of the show. Okay. Okay. We are going to be doing an in-depth look into each other's minds about the power of the shroom. So, my question to you. I want you to tell me your very first time you took shrooms. That was here in Seattle. Like this place has just opened me up to so much shit. Uh, my friend invited me to like a party, like in Pioneer Square at like some condo, and he's like, "Bro, like you need to come over. Like this is a really cool party. Like you know whatever." I was like, "All right, cool. I guess you know I'll come down. Like I'm into like some weird shit. I want to meet some random people." And so I walk into this random condo with like twelve other people I've never met in my life, and. Besides, like, my friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, all right, because we're hanging. And, you know, we're getting we're drinks and stuff like that. But, like, no one's drinking heavily. And I'm like, what's going on? And then, like, as soon as I think that, boom, the door opens. And there comes this girl, like, waving these huge Ziploc bags of, like, shrooms. And she's like, guess what, bitches? We're fucking becoming psychonauts tonight. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Like, oh, fuck. Like, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking... Um, I had no idea how much to take. I was like, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, like we're at this sick ass condo with all these people. And so I take these shrooms and they start coming like over me and I'm like, whoa, whoa. Like I'm feeling things like on a different energy level. And I'm feeling like, I remember like there was this guy who 
I thought already was like gorgeous. Like, uh, but I was like, all right, he's straight. He's a straight guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, this guy is beautiful. And when we're on shrooms, like there was just this magnetic energy pulling me towards him and him like pulling back at, like I felt like there was a, like there was a strong, hot connection between the two of us. And I wanted him then and there. And I wanted to know all about him. And I was like, whoa, these shrooms are intense. Like I could feel his energy. And after a while of dealing with that, I got up and I walked over to him and I said, Hey, like I go, um, I know you're feeling this too, but I'm incredibly attracted towards you. And I just came right out with it. And he goes, Oh, he's like, man, he's like, you know what? He's like, um, I feel it. He goes like, I'm not going to lie to you. He goes, but, um, uh, this is like maybe my second time doing shrooms. He's like, I'm just going to kind of sit with this one for a bit. And I was like, all right, I respect your space. I respect your space. And so I walked her back across the room and I remember hearing the owner of the condo whispering to one of like his best friend being like, did you just fucking see that? And his friend was like, yeah, awesome. Like they were so amazed by like, the power of shrooms that it had, like that these two people were just like, you know what I mean? And, um, I met like one of a really good girlfriend on the shrooms. Like we just vibed really well. And, um, it was, it was enough that like I was entranced to know more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to know more about him. I love that. Yeah. To this day, I mean, me and that guy still have like a little bit of a vibe when we see each other. It's, it's have you've seen him since. Yeah. It's really cute. And I, I wish him well. Are you guys like in the same friend group or is it just kind of like. He's a friends of friends. You okay. know what I mean? When I happen to see him around. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Hey, who knows? That mean that's that's before I got even I hooked up with a, another straight guy mm-hmm. who uh, at a different party on shrooms. Um, I think it just allows people just to feel more of their own energy and like just you know unlocks like certain parts of your mind. You know, yeah. I feel like when you are doing like I feel like the thought of shrooms. There's just for a lot of years been like that stigma that it's like you're going to go into a permanent state of psychosis. You're going to go crazy. You're going to go mad. You're going to be one of those people you see on the side of the street. Like, oh, you God. know, so I feel like when you see that kind of drug, it does terrify you a little bit and it terrified me. But I just remember being around a lot of really good people. We were in the fucking islands, like I love San that. Juan Islands. Sounds beautiful. Beautiful. It was a beautiful day. It was like, I think it was like summer or something like that. And I took an eighth for my first time and which is usually like what you're supposed to do. It's like mm-hmm. a good starting amount. It gets you that breakthrough that, you know, you might want. So at the first start, I was confused why everybody was so scared of him because we just felt drunk mm-hmm. and we were laughing a lot and everything like that. And I remember we made our way to my friend's house and we go to her downstairs living room, big couch, really comfy, very cozy house. And then we started like, I started seeing like the fridge breathing, like, cause we went up to the kitchen, like <laughs> fridges can't breathe Jake. <laughs> it was just moving and like things were crazy. And I was like, wow, like I'm doing it. Like I'm high. Yeah. And you know, and a little little backstory. So during this time, I was going like I was going through a, a little bit of a hard situation just because I was having a really hard time grasping the concept of death. I was working mm. at a nursing home. It was the only summer job I could get Rough. during high school. And it was I mean, pretty much to sum up that summer job, I would come home every single night crying because oh God. you would the things you would see, the smells you would smell, you know, you can only imagine, but you would pretty much see just a wonderful, beautiful young woman in a picture frame and then looking, you know, the side of her, you just see a complete vegetable. Yeah. And it just, that kind of job caregiving is not for everybody. That is not for the faint of heart. Like you have to be able to separate that, but I'm a very emotional person. So I was having a really hard time with death. But basically the thing with shrooms that I learned is everything that you've been suppressing will reveal itself to you and you aren't able to look away from it because if you close your eyes, you're still going to be there. Mm. So I remember I just laid down and there were so many different as if it was TV screens that popped up in front of me and I was laying down and I wanted so badly to just ignore them and 
just not face them. But a part of me was just like, accept it, submit to this, submit to things that have happened to you, your past, things that you don't want to acknowledge, death, look death straight in the eye. And I just relaxed my body and I just accepted all of it. My body, I had an out-of-body experience. My body or soul or whatever you want to talk about, it levitated off of the ground, I would say, two inches out of my body. Wow. And I was transported into a different dimension where there was no sadness, there was no hate, there was only love, no anxiety, no depression. Sounds like a great place. Yeah, and then I started crying. Like, as I'm laying on the ground, and let alone my friends are tripping out, so they just see me start crying, and my eyes are big, and I just start saying, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and it was, it, was the most, it was the most beautiful, groundbreaking thing that I've ever experienced, mm-hmm. and it did prove to me that heaven is on earth, and I truly do believe that. I love that. I love that you had that experience. And I think they showed you what they wanted to show you. And I think that's what they do is like, they'll show you what they want to show you. And you have to like, like you said, submit to it. And, um, that's beautiful. I mean, like, I think we would all be a lot kinder people if we all, if we all did shrooms, I four times a year take shrooms and check in with myself and I check in with my thoughts and I check in with how I'm doing and you know where I'm at and shrooms are a powerful tool that I use that like don't get me wrong I've done it camping with friends and it's a fucking blast but like I did that one time and I'll do it and I'll put blind, a blindfold on and I'll put air, earplugs in and the intention is to completely um, deprive myself of all sense like sensation like so you know besides smell obviously but um, but so I'm just in completely in my mind and the one time that I did that, I uh, remember feeling tired. I threw myself on my bed and I fell through my bed and I was inside of a mansion. And it, the mansion was the inside of my head. I just knew it intrinsically. I just understood. And it was a beautiful mansion. Um, and there was this big staircase in, inside and there was a little boy on that staircase and he was crying. And I walked up to him and I said, what's wrong? And he looked up at me and it was me at seven years old. And with tears in his eyes, he goes, is it okay to be gay? And in that moment, I just like froze. Like I froze because I was like, oh shit. Like this is, I met my inner child and my inner child was grieving over this. And like, I had been out by this point for over 10 years. I was like, I thought I put all that to rest. I thought I put that inner homophobia, all of that, like self hate, like goodbye. I've been out for a gay gay man for 10 years. I didn't realize that part of me still lived with that. And those shrooms allowed me to, to reveal that to me and allowed me to be with him and I hugged him and I remember feeling tears falling down my cheeks while I was on my bed with my eyes closed and blindfolded and um, it was just absolutely powerful and it completely like changed how I approached myself and like my thoughts on things. No, I, I, I remember because that was the conversation that we, you know, we had two years ago and it was about and that's the thing that I was absolutely just like in awe about when we talked yeah and i gravitated more towards our conversation because you were saying first of all the doses that you did that you blindfolded yourself and that you did it alone and that you did it in the city and the first thing that came to my mind i was like how did you not go into a bad trip at all like that would be my worst i've never been i've never had a bad trip my biggest fear is getting into one and not having, not knowing how to get out of it. I don't say this lightly, but I also like, I, I think there might be some people who might take you know offense to this and I, you'd be completely right to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't all the way subscribe to the idea of a bad trip. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think the mushrooms are going to show you what they want to show you. Mm-hmm. And if it's something bad and negative, then clearly that's something that you need to deal with. That there is some sort of thought or thought process that you need to confront. Uh, because I've had what you would consider a bad trip. And for three hours, I was assaulted with the all of the worst thoughts I've ever had about myself. You're ugly. No one's going to love you. You're unlovable. You're an awful human being. Like, you don't call your parents enough. Like, for three hours, I was literally assaulted by all of this. I remember feeling it. And I was on my hands and knees crying in my apartment, like, alone, 
blindfolded in earplugs and crying because I was like, oh my God, like, is this ever going to stop? And I'll never forget at the end of it, like, it was just like, it was like I was going down of a well of just like the worst thoughts. I was like, oh my fucking God, this is awful. Um, and at the bottom of that, that well, I saw like a, like a gold light and I saw what that gold light was. And that gold light was like my heart. It was like my inner peace and my inner kindness and like my kind heart at the bottom of all this. And just feeling that and seeing that was enough to blow away all of those negative thoughts. And it was incredibly enlightening because I think that bad trip so much because it allowed me to confront all of these bad thoughts I've ever had about myself. And now if like someone says shit to me, like, you know, like whatever, like, Oh, you fuck you asshole. You're a dick. Or like, I'm like, you, I, no, I've beat myself up way worse than you could ever have done. And I've dug to the bottom of that well and I only found good. So fuck you. No, you don't know me and you, your words don't mean shit. So I think that bad trip every day, mm-hmm. quote unquote, bad trip. Guys, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much coming on the show. I am so honored to have been a part of this. Thank to you. be the last episode of your first season. And congrats on your success. Oh, thank you. Are you ready for the outro? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so ready for it. Okay, everybody, that is the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Like I always say after every single one of our episodes, if you like this show, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your homophobic family members. They love us and I love them. Okay, if you guys have not already done so, give us a follow, give us a rating, give us that good, good. Mm-mm. Love you guys so much. And I will talk to you guys next week for the very final episode of the very first season of The Gay Bible. I will see you guys soon. Bye. Meow. Meow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>